It's the Pistons Pod. Here's your host, Matt Derry. We are into the month of June, everybody. Welcome into the Pistons Pod right here at Pistons.com. It is indeed Matt Derry with you. Another episode of the podcast. Our guest today, he's the Chief Content Officer at BasketballNews.com. Used to read his stuff for years at Hoops Hype and USA Today. The great Alex Kennedy is with me today as we talk some Detroit Pistons and get ready for the lottery in less than three weeks. What's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. What were your uh, thoughts on this past season for Detroit, a year that certainly didn't get the, the number of wins that, 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 that you know, the, the general manager, uh, the coach, everybody, when, when you're surrounded by what, what has gone on with this organization, uh, would have wanted. But certainly Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey have a foundation built in, in the first year of this sort of restore. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll be honest, you know, last offseason, I was really questioning a lot of the moves that were made. You know, I felt like their decision to go after a number of big men, you know, the the Plumlee contract, the Jeremy Grant move. I, I was someone that was criticizing those moves. And but looking at kind of where they are now with the way that Grant lived up to the contract and became a really nice asset for this Pistons team. You know, they can either build around him going forward or potentially move him because he's really shown what he can do in that increased role. Um, And then the young guys they brought in have really impressed me. So as much as I didn't like some of the free agency moves and kind of criticized them early, I think they look better today. And then especially those draft picks, uh, which makes sense. You know, Troy Weaver has been known as someone that's a really good scout and talent evaluator. So um, I think – they're in a decent spot as an organization. They're in a pretty good spot because they have this young core that they can build around going forward. They have Troy, who is very respected around the NBA. Uh, Dwayne Casey, I know there's some Pistons fans that are unsure about him, but um, I think he's a, a good leader to kind of coach these these young players and you know help them develop and maximize their full potential. So it could be worse. I, I know Pistons fans are probably frustrated right now given you know the 20 wins and where they're kind of at in the standings, but I think – the, the young core is there, and we saw this young core get better as the season went on. Isaiah Stewart was playing so much better by the end of the year, and it went from, oh, he could be a good hustle guy that gets offensive rebounds and pushes guys around to he's creating from the perimeter, and he's now making some threes, and he's doing so much more. So that evolution was amazing to see. Um, I think there's a, there's a number of things to be excited about if you're a Pistons fan. I think they're in a promising spot. Yeah, no, I, you know, you, you kind of earlier said, well, maybe the Pistons fans didn't like all the losses. I'll be honest, Alex, there's a buzz in this city about this team again. And they, you know, they, they did bottom out. Let's call it what it is. It's a rebuild, although Troy likes to say we're restoring, not necessarily rebuilding. And they lost a lot more than they won. But when they were hovering around seven or eight, you know, nine, ten, I, I don't think the fan base was as jazzed up as they are now. And like you said, they're embracing the younger guys and now turning the page and you look at Eastern Conference, why not in year two take a giant leap? Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's the right move. Uh, I'm I know there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, very anti tanking or uh, you know, bottoming out, but I think given the setup in the NBA, it makes sense. You know, now you look at the Pistons, uh, they have, you know, the second best uh, lottery odds. Things are looking really nice. And that's the thing. So it's funny. Our CEO at basketballnews.com is a big Detroit Pistons fan. He's from Detroit. His name's Scott Hale. So I talk with him about the Pistons pretty often. And he's just so excited at the thought of Cade Cunningham or one of these top prospects possibly coming there. And not only, you know, getting the fans really excited and helping his team turn things around, but kind of the national 
relevance that would come with one of these superstar, possible superstar players that could be coming in. So, I, you know, he always mentions this to me. I know a lot of Pistons fans talk about this, but, you know, the Detroit's never moved up up in the lottery uh and they've had the worst lottery luck of any organization i feel like you know the only other team that hasn't moved up i believe is minnesota and we know if they've you know they've been able to land cat and anthony edwards and you know some top prospects there so hopefully this is the year that detroit can move up and get the number one pick because that would just be huge for this organization being able to bring in someone like Cade cunningham uh and again it would put them you know on the national stage it can almost do what john moran did for memphis when you know no one really talked about that grizzlies team and then John Morant goes there, becomes this special player, gets them to the playoffs, and now they're on that national stage again and have that kind of prominence. I could see something like that happening. So, yeah, I think if you're in that position like Detroit, I would have done the exact same thing. Bottom out, develop the young guys, give them that experience that is so valuable on the court, and see what happens in the draft. I think that's the right move. Alex Kennedy with me, Chief Content Officer at BasketballNews.com. has covered the NBA for a long, long time. Alex, you mentioned before some of the young guys. You know, there were four draft picks this past year that all played and had a role this year for this team. Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and even the second-rounder, Saban Lee. That's kind of how you have to do it, right, in a market like Detroit to kind of get this thing turned around, right? Absolutely. You know, and they went four for four on those picks. I think, you know, all four showed something in their rookie year and were impressive. I mentioned Isaiah Stewart. I was so impressed with his development, and I think he's a really special player. And, you know, again, that was a pick when it happened on draft night. I was kind of questioning it a bit. Um, Matt Babcock, who does our draft analysis at Basketball News, he was a big Stewart fan, so he was talking him up. But I think that combined with all the the centers they brought in in the offseason, I was kind of confused about, okay, how many minutes is the guy going to play? What's the rotation going to look like? But seeing Stewart and the way he's already kind of making big strides, I think that was a phenomenal pick, and I think he has a lot of upside. And then Killian Hayes is someone that I really liked coming out. I thought he was – he was one of my favorite players in the draft last year. So obviously he had the injuries. We didn't get to see him as much as we would have liked, you know, only playing, uh, what, 26 games. Um, But I think he did show some flashes. And with Killian, it was always going to be – a a patience thing he's going to develop and take time but his upside is just so huge i think he still needs to add a right you know he can't really go right he doesn't really have the right hand Uh, i think he needs to work on his right hand um but i think there are the flashes there that you want to see uh and and then you know sadiq bay you know his shooting was just phenomenal he was outstanding this season and he was one of those guys that whenever he was drafted you know the narrative on him was that he'd be able to make an impact right away he was NBA ready but people questioned what his potential was was he too old you know could he really have the same potential as some of the 19 year olds in the class but I'm not a big fan of that I I always hate that argument that people make because you look at so many players that are 21 22 years old and they do still make big strides and and develop so much and become better players so I really like what Sadiq Bey showed and I think he can become a really special player too so to nail those three first round picks was phenomenal. And you're right. It's what you have to do if you're in a market like Detroit because, you know, unfortunately, uh, players tend to go to the big markets, the sexy markets. Uh, so if you're the Pistons, you have to just nail draft pick after draft pick. You have to make smart trades. And we've seen that. And then, yeah, to, to be able to get Lee and have him contribute as well and show flashes, uh, you know, and surprise everyone. I don't think anyone was talking about Saban Lee when the season started, uh, but he has – you know, contributed as well and, and seems like he could be a nice role player for this team in the future. So that's where I, I have to 
that's why I wanted to apologize to Troy Weaver for uh, some of the comments that I made in the offseason last year, just kind of criticizing certain moves. I feel like he's done a really good job. And if you're a Pistons fan, you got to feel really good because after watching what we did in last year's draft, if this team, if the Pistons do get a top three, top four, whatever the top pick is, you have to be pretty confident that Troy's going to do a good job with it, as well as these other picks that he's accumulating. You know, he seems like he knows what he's doing with the draft. You know, he has that talent evaluation skill set. So he's going to be able to make the most of these picks, and, and that's going to be huge for them going forward. I, I want to expound on something you said about Troy, and there's, and you made a, brought up a great point. There is a, a narrative, and it might not just be a narrative, it might be a fact, but, you know, LeBron made a comment the other day on one of his, you know, uh, documentaries he was putting together, kind of taking a shot at the city of Orlando. And, yeah, free agents aren't going to go there. And I was in the bubble there, and I was miserable. And, you know, the Cavs the other day finally held their postseason press conference, and fans there are saying, well, we're not going to bring any free agents here. And, you know, Dame is dropping 55 for the Blazers, and Blazer fans are going, can we get a player to come with him? But who's going to sign there? There's that narrative. You're right. That players are just free agents are just going to L.A., New York, Brooklyn, whatever. Here's Jeremy Grant, who, who, who this year said, he told James Edwards of The Athletic, I signed with Detroit and I wanted to come there because I wanted to play for an African-American head coach. I wanted to be with an African-American GM that I that I knew and had a history with with their Syracuse ties in, in, in Troy Weaver. And, and there, there is something about Troy bringing players um, that maybe other places, you know, they, they they can't do that, and that what that's a huge uh, huge you know uh, weapon, I guess, for the, for Detroit to have in Troy Weaver, isn't it? I agree with that. I think the relationship and uh, you know those factors that kind of play into free agency and the decisions that happen around the NBA it doesn't really get talked about a lot. You know the connections that some of these players have with you know certain people in front offices or organizations that can play a big role. And you know when they're deciding between two or three organizations, you know that that's a that's a factor that can kind of maybe push them over the edge and, and go with a certain certain teams so yeah i think that's that's big i think the nba does have a problem with players choosing the same few markets i'm based in orlando so you mentioned orlando i've seen it happen firsthand you know not only have they struggled to bring free agents in but they've lost you know Shaq, tracy mcgrady dwight howard so many of the stars that you know they've had over the years so it is an issue i think and, and also it doesn't help that i wrote an article for uh, hoops hype i think it was two three years ago about this but there are actually uh it you know, things, clauses in their shoe contracts, these endorsement deals that say if you land in certain small markets, you will be docked. It's not just that you won't get a bonus. They lose 20, the deal reduces by 20%. So Orlando, Sacramento, there were a few other markets on that list. So that's, you know, so for some of these guys, it's not even just, oh, that's not a, a, a fun city or a big market. It's, I'm going to be losing money from my endorsement deal if I choose this team. So they better be overwhelmingly better than the other options or something like Grant said, if there's something like that, that's very important to a player, you know, that's, that's different, but that's, I think the shoe, the shoe companies, we don't really talk about it enough. They have a lot of uh, power and influence here as well. So yeah, that's where if you're certain teams, it's unfortunate that it's this way, but if you are a team like Detroit or Orlando, you have to be able to just nail your draft picks. You have to be able to make smart trades. You know, I think it was really smart, you know, what they were able to do with Derrick Rose. Um, you know, there was the argument maybe they should have traded them a bit sooner. But, you know, to get someone like Dennis Smith Jr. back, uh, a guy that's low risk, high reward, still has a lot of potential, kind of fits the same trajectory as the other young guys. I think that was smart. 
Um, and that's, again, going back to the Jeremy Grant thing, you know, with someone like Grant, because you signed him and, and are developing him into a star player who is looking really impressive, he's 27 years old, you know, either you can try to build around him or if they think, hey, he's not on the same trajectory as, say, Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes because those guys, you know, are 20 years old, seven years age gap there, maybe they try to trade Grant and, and get back other young pieces and picks so i do think the pistons are in good hands with troy weaver i want to make that clear i think he's doing a, a, a great job and i think he fits the develop you know if you're the pistons you want someone that thrives in you know talent evaluation and with the draft so he fits kind of what they need in an executive um and i think he's surrounded himself with some very smart people too so yeah i think uh i think they're in a good spot right now uh but yeah i totally agree with you he could be kind of an X factor for the Pistons and the relationship that he kind of has with players. That could be really interesting going forward. Yeah, it, it is cool, and it, it's certainly something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, you mentioned this offseason. Alex Kennedy with me from BasketballNews.com, formerly of Hoops Hype and in, in, in USA Today. Tell me about, you know, you mentioned before Cade Cunningham and this draft coming up on the lottery in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we could go all day on, on the Pistons, and you mentioned lottery luck. Um, you know, but this draft is different. This is a big one, not just for Detroit, but for other teams. There are some guys at the top of this draft, Alex, that, man, oh, man, you know, it really could be game changers for teams that, that need it right now, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I have to give credit to Matt Babcock, who's our draft uh, analyst at BasketballNews.com. He does a fantastic job, and he actually built a really cool draft page. So if you go to BasketballNews.com slash draft, it only has our mock draft and all of our draft articles and coverage. But you can click on each player, and it has an amazing breakdown of each guy. And to, to your point, there's a number of players in this class that could become superstar players. Cade Cunningham is someone that's so impressive. You know, he's a three-level scorer. He, his basketball IQ is so high. He can play multiple positions. You know, he can not only score the ball at will, but he can facilitate for others and, and make his teammates better. You know, he's not – I think he's probably the safest pick in this draft, and everyone's kind of saying he's going to be the number one pick. I, You know, it's possible maybe someone like Evan Mobley uh, could compete uh, and, and, you know, make things interesting, but it seems like Cunningham's probably a lock to go number one. But, yeah, you look at Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Johnson. There's so many players in this draft that are special and that have just tons of upside. So I think this is one of those classes that executives have been talking about for, you know, a year or two. They've kind of had it circled, and they've been very high on it. So, yeah, I, I think if you're in a position I – mean, if what I'll say is if you're a team like Detroit or Houston or Orlando, this is a great year to bottom out. <laughs> it really is. So, And I think that, that impacted how some teams kind of uh, made certain moves. Like, you know, the Orlando Magic decided to trade Vooch and Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. The Houston Rockets moved James Harden and P.J. Tucker. And I think part of the reasoning for that was because this draft class is so talented and there are so many players that – if you're in the top four, top five, you're going to get someone very special. I think that's how that's the way I would kind of phrase it. Uh, from Cunningham to Mobley to Green to Suggs to Kaminga, those players all have immense upside. And I'm sure Pistons fans are, are already doing their homework and, and looking at the draft board. So uh, I would definitely, again, recommend that draft page at Basketball News because there's great breakdowns in every player. But we could see this draft have multiple perennial all-stars uh and, and you know everyone kind of talked about last year's class being somewhat weak and not as good and i think part of that is because you know some players were you know this because this class has so much talent I, I really think this class could be special 
It's interesting you mentioned Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga because you know they played in in, in the G League uh, this year, and that was a shortened season, and, and it was not the same as as we're going to see here in Detroit next year when uh, the Motor City Cruise comes. But um, how do you evaluate those guys, Alex? And, and and do you think that some of these GMs, you know, maybe a guy like Troy Weaver will do a better job than some others because he's got that touch, but it's tough to evaluate kids like that that you haven't seen as much play, right? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. <clears throat> I think it's going to be interesting to see how NBA teams adapt to the G League night taking off overtime elite that's a new one that is popping up and and they're talking about bringing in kids that are you know juniors and seniors in high school and starting the development there so there's no question you know nba teams are going to have to shift their focus and and get smarter about the way they're evaluating these guys or at least do things differently they'll have to adapt because it's not just going to be the same hey we we look at these players that are playing against college uh, opponents. It's almost like whenever overseas players really started to pick up and everyone started going after overseas guys. And you had certain teams that did a better job of scouting the overseas talent than others, like the Spurs come to mind as a team that always seemed to have their pulse or the finger on the pulse when it comes to the overseas talent. And they were getting these steals and, and would do a phenomenal job landing players and drafting stash guys. There's a similar opportunity for NBA teams that are doing a good job with the G League Ignite scouting, with Overtime Elite. And I'll say this, a lot of a lot of we always kind of shift to draft mode this time of year and start looking at the top prospects. But someone like Jonathan Kubinga or Jalen Green, NBA teams have been scouting him since he was in high school. They're seeing him at the Pangos All Americans All American Camp. They're seeing him at different events. So they've been they've been on the NBA radar for some time. So I will say it's not just what they're seeing in the G League, but I do think it's a different scouting philosophy you have to look at these guys a little bit differently now i think the g league night situation the overtime elite situation is great for the players because it allows them to focus on basketball full time and it seems like they're putting a lot of things in place to help these guys develop and learn valuable off-court lessons life lessons you know they're bringing in mentors for these guys so it could help someone like green or kuminga but it is a different scouting process for sure but you know, both of these players are, are, are really, really special talents. And I, I think it'll help them that they're coming in with a year of professional experience already under their under their belt. You know, you've seen that with other guys that like a Luka Doncic, some of these guys that played overseas professionally before entering the NBA. I do think there's a leg up there. And, you know, it does help these guys. Uh, that way, it's not such a culture shock for them whenever they do get to the NBA. I want to ask you about Evan Mobley from USC, big man. You know, all these other guys are kind of wings or or points. And you know, we're at the point now, uh, Alex, you know this, it's positionless basketball. But here's a guy standing 6'10", 6'11", still has more growth growing to do. How, how do you evaluate him? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm someone that I'm not a huge fan of going after uh big men as whenever there are these versatile um really special two-way forwards available um it almost reminds me of a few years ago whenever we saw like deandre Ayton and marvin bagley go and, and you saw some of the guys picked after them like a luca and a trey young and it was kind of shocking um so I, I don't know it's i do think mobley's a special player he's seven feet tall seven four wingspan you know he he could be a really good rim protector uh and i think he's a great athlete too so I, I, it's not not necessarily, and we saw in college, he you know he was blocking everything, two point eight blocks per game. He also has shown you know flashes of being an effective passer, a, a good outside shooter, a decent outside shooter. So maybe that's something that he can develop. Um, so the hope is that he could become this elite rim protector who has that length and mobility 
uh, and just have kind of the size, skill, athleticism to become a star. That's the hope with him. But I think if you're picking him, it has to be the right situation. You have to be able to, to develop him. I, I don't know. I, I, I just have my doubts about going with a big over a forward with the state of the NBA. It has nothing to do with Mobley. Um, I just don't know if, if you have this – this amazing draft class with these potential star players in it. And Mobley could be a star too. Don't get me wrong. You know, do you pass on one of the the forwards or guards with how impactful those players can be in today's NBA? It's a tough call. Um, but again, if you are going to go with a big man, Mobley's absolutely the guy to go with. He's a very, very special player. Alex Kennedy with me. Love talking to him from basketballnews.com. Uh, what have been your impressions of, of the postseason so far? And, <laughs> Certainly, the other night, Dame Lillard's fifty-five points. It just—it still blows my mind. I know it was on NBA TV, and my maybe not everybody got to see it. But um, what, what stands out for you so far? Yeah, that was one of the best performances, playoff performances in recent memory for me. That was just incredible. I mean, when he hit that bank shot from from basically half court or the logo, it being he just he was on fire. That was a that was so much fun to watch. He's an incredible player. I I love Dame. Um but no it's been it's been a fun postseason so far. Unfortunately we've seen a number of injuries to key players and that's been somewhat frustrating. Um, you know, Embiid's out, AD's out, we saw Donovan Mitchell miss a game. Luka Doncic has the hurt neck. I think part of that is because the offseason was so short and the condensed schedule kind of made it tough on these players. A lot of these guys worked so hard and, and played through pain just to get to the post season and now that the playoffs are here you know everything kind of ramps up a bit and they're st- they're, they're continuing to try to play at that playoff intensity but these guys bodies are are kind of failing them so uh that's been that's been tough but we've seen a lot of good basketball i think uh you know, I'm really excited for this upcoming series between the Nets and the Bucks. That's going to be a lot of fun. And I think this Lakers Sun series is probably my favorite to watch uh, in the first round so far. I think uh, the Lakers obviously don't look like themselves. LeBron has been struggling a bit, has been very passive. AD's been injured, but um, and they just don't have any chemistry together. This team, this Lakers team, entered the playoffs with four games of experience. The starters had played four games together entering the postseason because Drummond was new and so many injuries had happen so it is a it's a weird it's weird watching this lakers team because they don't look like the dominant team we saw last year in the playoffs or earlier in the season and then this suns team is just so much fun to watch they have devin booker just who had a phenomenal game last game you know chris paul obviously has been injured but hopefully uh he didn't re-injure himself too badly in the last game but you know he was starting to play better deandre ayton has kind of had a coming out party he's been the best big man on the floor in some games uh and then they have a bunch of really nice role players guys like mikhail bridges cam johnson cameron Payne. i really like what this uh suns team has been able to do so that series has probably been the most fun for me and then yeah this Bucks and Nets series is one that I'm really looking forward to yeah I gotta ask you about Ben Wallace getting into the Hall of Fame uh Pistons legend man that was uh such a cool thing for the organization absolutely and I think Ben I I, I love Ben's story I think uh it's one of the coolest stories uh in a long time I, I actually tweeted out about it that you know, he basically is the definition of betting on yourself because he turned down a football scholarship to, I believe, Auburn. Yep. And then to focus on hoops, you know, went uh, the community college route, uh, then goes to Virginia Union, goes undrafted. And a lot of guys would, you know, OK, I'm probably going to be overseas. Maybe I should go back to football. I don't really know what to do. Instead, he just works extremely hard and then plays 16 seasons, earns $88 million, wins a championship, four defensive player of the year awards becomes a Hall of Famer, 
and then has a jersey retired. Like it's it's an incredible incredible story, um, and I don't think it gets talked about enough to be honest. You know his and his impact on those teams. It was so much fun watching him play. Uh, you know his shot blocking was just incredible. Um, he was a very special player for that team. So yeah, it's very cool that they're doing that for him. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Ben Wallace. Alex, uh, always a pleasure to uh, get in touch with you and, and talk some basketball and Pistons with you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Alex Kennedy, read his stuff at basketballnews.com. They do a great job. And we've had uh, Alex mentioned Matt Babcock, who we will have on soon to talk some draft. Had him on last year right here on the pod. Follow Alex on Twitter as well, at Alex Kennedy NBA. I'm Matt Derry with you. This is the Pistons Pod right here at pistons.com. We'll talk to you again next week.